Hey, Sam here, and I know your day's crazy, but I've got a quick idea to take your stress from overwhelmed to under control. So let's tackle systems from the classroom to your living room, one simple step at a time. This is the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. Welcome to our summer system series where we're getting set up for school. I know that um, that sounds weird to a lot of people being June. I am barely two weeks out of my school year, and I know some people aren't even anywhere close to the end of their school year. Here's the thing. When I first got hired in my first job, it was May when I got my position, and I was panicking and searching for everything that I could. And as a new teacher, I just wanted to soak in all the resources all summer. So I wanted to provide people with those resources, and we are doing a Summer Systems for School series where we're going to talk about things that you can set up in your classroom, ways that you can approach different types of learning, even maybe different activities that you can do in your room to make the next school year run a lot more smoothly. So yes, this is going to be geared a little bit more towards first-year teachers or new teachers who have maybe transitioned from an environment in the workforce Or if you are just a veteran teacher who wants to hear what somebody else's ideas are, I'm here for it. Either way, if you're not ready to listen to this, feel free to skip on by. I do suggest you come back later because I think it's still interesting stuff to hear, but I completely understand if you need to walk away for just a little bit longer. We're going to jump into five first-year teacher things I wish I knew And these are not your typical ones. These are not like take your personal days and don't grade everything, which are great advice, but so many people have covered them before. Let's talk about some weird ones. And then I'm going to give you my advice for how I would have done it differently my first year. Why kind of give you a voice of reason if you resonate with this stuff. So let's jump on into it. I want to tell you all about my first year, though. If you haven't heard my story, I was an engineer by education. I was educated as an engineer. I think that's an easier way to say it. And I was in the industry for a few years and I transitioned into teaching science. I actually started out, I interviewed in early May for a small private school, middle school teacher position. I um, was very pregnant I ended up giving birth two weeks, I think, after I accepted the job to my second child. And it was a busy summer and I was trying to soak in all of the things because I knew that out of the three middle school teachers, that we only had three middle school teachers in the entire school, um, I was going to cover seven preps within six class periods. And I knew nothing about teaching. I didn't even get my teaching license until the next year. So there were so many things I had to learn and kind of come to terms with, which is how... Not only Engineered as Education started, but also the Simple Systems with Sam podcast, I decided I had to move systems into my teaching world from the engineering world so that they could all combine and everybody would be happy. And I didn't want to keep it to myself because it's so simple to make your life easier and reduce your stress. We just have to go ahead and do it. So anyway, my first year, really hard, really, really difficult. And I don't want anybody else to have to live through that. So here we are talking about things I wish I knew. And these are going to be a little weird. Well, I'll start off with the weirdest one. (laughs) Number one, it's okay to eat in front of your students. I just want to give you the permission that you can eat in front of your students, even if you end up having a no food policy like I did. Now, my students could have eaten in my classroom, 
But eventually, more goldfish crackers found their way into my science sinks than in actual aquariums that any of my students had, so I decided that they had kind of lost that privilege. But if you are in a high school setting, like me, two days a week, your lunchtime starts at 10.17 a.m., that's just a weird time to eat lunch. <laughs> so I want you to know between all of the decision makings that you're doing, all of the things that you have to think and explain, you are burning a lot of calories. Your brain needs fuel and not just caffeine. It's not great to just supply yourself with caffeine. We need actual energy. And so I'm giving you permission to go ahead and snack in front of your students. Now, if you bring snacks that your students are going to want, be prepared for that. However, I don't think that it is anywhere out of the realm that you should not be eating in front of your students. Now, a whole meal, probably not. Snacking, definitely. Definitely always snacking. That was the weirdest one, I think. (laughs) Anyway, number two, I want you to prioritize completing assignments that you're going to hand out over grading anything. You could have a whole stack of papers you're going to grade. The very first thing I want you to do, though, is finish the assignment or the worksheet or the check, whatever you're doing, that you're going to ask your students to complete the next day. The reality of the situation as a first-year teacher is you are going to be pulling in so many resources from other teachers you know, from teachers you don't, from teachers pay teachers, and just from the internet. I have been caught Googling Newton's Law Worksheet ninth grade physical science PDF with answers more than once. And you know what? Sometimes I get caught in not having completed the assignment ahead of time because you're doing that last minute. You realize that your students need more practice or maybe you forgot to find and print something off the night before. The problem is you can't just take a resource that you find and trust that it is not only on level with what your students have, follows the steps or procedure that you want your students to do, uses the terminology, all these things. You should know that worksheet before they can ask you questions about it. Because you're going to feel like you're constantly stumbling every time they ask you a question if you haven't done it before. So when you do the worksheet, it should not take you very long, but you want to look for things that your students might get confused about, wording that might be confusing, um, anything that maybe you are not covering or you need to add into your lecture to cover before they get that worksheet. But trust me, do your homework first. Then you can decide what you're going to grade after you do your own homework Number three, make mistakes. As the frizz would say, take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. The difference is I want you to make mistakes and make note of it. I want you to have sticky notes or your own printed note page or just a whiteboard marker up next to the whiteboard, whatever you need, so that every time you get caught up on something or you realize wording is off or you're not really sure how to answer a student question about something, own up to it. That's totally fine. It is not important for our students to see us as an ultimate authority that knows everything. They need to know that we are willing to learn so that we can find the answer. That's the whole point of it, right? The problem is we don't really want people to know about those mistakes. And we forget to do something for ourselves, which is just write it down. You're probably not going to have time to go back and fix that slide or to go change how a problem is worded or to change an answer key. But what you do have is the ability to make a note so that next year you can catch it before they get to it. That's all it's going to be. But it's going to make your world so much easier the next time through. Make a lot of mistakes the first year. Every time I teach something new, which I've now, as of this next year, I will have taught 16 different courses in six years. Trust me, I make a lot of mistakes. And it's totally fine because 
I, again, am modeling how you learn and recover from it. Number four, start with less. And I mean this from like what you bring into your own classroom. So in my history of classrooms, I have moved into a classroom where they took a portable, a portable classroom, dumped everything into containers and put it in a pre-K classroom. And that was my middle school classroom. I had no clue where anything was, what anything was. It was just all over the place. Then next school, I inherited my classroom from a 25-year vet. Almost none of the drawers had ever been sorted through or gone through, except there was a very impressive collection of dead spiders in jars. That was cool. Um, And then my next classroom, I only had two cabinets. And half of that was covered in material for a course we weren't running at the time. So I couldn't have had anything in there if I wanted to. And then I'm very fortunate the school I'm currently at I was able to unpack a brand new classroom. I had unpacked so many boxes of glassware last summer. It was amazing and exhausting all at the same time. But what I've learned from all of those experiences is the less that you bring in at the beginning, the better off your year is going to be. Because here's the situation. If you bring in too much, students either aren't going to put things away They might have things stolen or broken, and also your students might be overwhelmed by how much you bring in. I'm learning more and more that my student distraction rate is higher as we keep going into this era of phones. And so anything that can distract them up on the wall, staring at lights, any of it is just too much, and I don't need to bring it into my room. And while I had a minimalist year for my classroom, the year that I only had two cabinets, I brought almost nothing into the room. And it was absolutely amazing. It was so easy to maintain. I knew exactly what I had. I really didn't need to bring much from my stores at home. I just let it be. And then I moved into my brand new classroom and I decided to buy a $40, you know, like Wheel of Fortune spinner. I used it twice and it got broken. So I don't really, (laughs) I don't claim to be the best at following this, but I do work back towards that minimal classroom lifestyle as much as I can. And I can tell you from being there that it was amazing. So I use three criteria now. I try to start with almost nothing, even decorations. I let my students create something. Yes, we do art and science all the time. I let them create something that represents them. And I put that up on the wall for the first couple months and it allows them to take ownership of the classroom. It helps to decorate just a little bit. And it's not too distracting because most of them aren't really going to look at it too hard. There are three things I look at when I bring new things into my classroom. One, what do students need? Now, fun fact, you do not actually need to supply your students with pencils. They are very grateful for it most of the time, but you do not have to supply those. What do students need? Then what can they handle? What is going to be too much for them, overstimulating, overwhelming? It's not going to be easy for them to clean up or put away or monitor on their own, or you can probably see them also using it inappropriately in some way, shape, or form until you know what your students can handle. Don't bring questionable things in. (laughs) And then number three, what's actually going to support their learning? So I want to keep all of my wall decor to have some sort of emphasis on something that we're learning. I want things that I'm bringing in like manipulatives or activities to support the learning. And when you really narrow it down and ask those three questions, you're going to find out you don't need that much. You can get by with a lot less. And I know that it's really tempting to turn into this Instagram or Pinterest teacher where your room is fully decorated 
and it looks amazing. People spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on some of those things, and that's great for them. I'm actually so thrilled that they want to do that for themselves and their students. But here's the thing. As a first-year teacher, I don't think you should start out that way. And I don't even think that even in my eighth year, I'll probably feel that I can get to that point yet. I really want to learn my students each and every year. And so I have created something that goes beyond the decorations for you, and it's a classroom essentials checklist. This checklist is going to give you an outline of like the student spaces or the supply centers you might need, teacher desk things you might need, but also like policies and expectations that you're probably going to want to set before day one of the school year. Because I was asked on day three what my late work policy was, and I had no clue what it was. So I had to make it up on the spot. That wasn't my finest moment. So I want to make sure that nobody else ever got caught stumbling in those first few days and instead walked into day one feeling like they had all of those kind of hidden things under control. So I have that freebie linked for you in the show notes. If you are a first-year teacher or you know somebody who's a first-year teacher who could really use it, please. I, I want people to use it so that nobody else gets stuck on those questions. And that kind of leads me into number five. This is probably the most generic, I guess, of all of the things, but it goes along with policies. On my syllabus, I actually have a little asterisk that says policies are subject to change. Policy changes will be emailed out throughout the school year. This gives me a lot of flexibility in my policies. But number five is going to say, get student buy-in on policy changes. Just like your classroom spaces really need to be tailored to what your students need and can handle, your policies should also be guided by your students. So if you're noticing in the first three months that your students are really struggling with turning in homework or completing homework in the time you're giving them in class, then maybe you stop class and say, okay, guys, I'm giving you 20 minutes and it's plenty of time to finish this worksheet, but I know we're really struggling to focus. What can we do to fix this? What policy would help guide you to being the student that I know you can be? And you would be surprised and probably astonished at even the lowest of your students that really does not want to be at school will come out and tell you what they need. They will give you an idea of a policy that they think would make a change And then you implement that policy and they feel not only like they have a piece of that and they know where it's coming from, but they also um, know the consequences, which is a great thing to have. (laughs) So I always suggest at the end of each unit, just giving your kids a quick survey of how they felt about the unit, what they liked, what they didn't like, what they feel like they wanted to know more about, things that they're still confused about, and also what policies they think would make a positive impact in the classroom. It's a really simple thing. You don't have to adopt all of the suggestions, but I think it makes a big difference. All right, those are my five unusual-ish first-year teacher things that I wish I knew and wish I could go back and tell people, so I am telling you right now. This is just the first in our summer school systems, and I cannot wait until we move on to even more exciting things. If you have a tip that you wish other first-year teachers knew, then drop it either in a comment on the Simple Systems with Sam Instagram, the Engineers Education Instagram, shoot me an email, hello at Engineers Education, leave a comment on the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube, any of the things. I think that we should all share the wealth and help the next generation of teachers 
come in with a lot less stress than we had to endure. Until next time. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope that this simple step will help build big results in your classroom, home, and life. Remember to subscribe, review, and tag me on social media at engineer does education so we can build a simple system together.